All right, let's uh, fulfill this promise we made. Are you ready? Yes, yes. Okay. Let's let's get into Wakanda forever. All right. All right. So five, four, three, two. It's Jay. I'm back in for another one, and tonight I have with me Ryan, the Uber nerd. I think we can go with that tonight. <laughs> That'll work, Ryan, the Uber nerd. How goes it? Uh, not bad. Survived the holidays. Right, right. How was it for you? You know, a little sickness here, a little sickness there, but uh, the, the I, I think the funniest, most frustrating bit for my wife was uh, so Aiden's like what, nine, 19 months, 20 months now. Wow. And uh, she was like, okay, come on, you're gonna, you're gonna tear open the gift now, you're gonna peel this off. And he's, I'm just sitting there being like, he's not ready yet. He's not, ready. He's not, he's not gonna, he's not there yet. Nope, he's not there. Super patient. Mm -hmm. Tried it with like four gifts and she finally gave up and he's like, all right, he's not tearing stuff. I'm like, wait for his second birthday. That then, then he'll tear this shit apart. But right now he's just like, ooh, bright colors. So it's funny how we want the kids to be wild and rip up stuff until they rip up and go wild on the wrong things. And they were upset. Right. <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh, the Fabergé egg. Why did you? <laughs> Why did you tear it apart so enthusiastically like we taught you? Oh, crap. Exactly. Exactly. Because they had an inherent knowledge to know not to do anything bad. And then you try to encourage it. Come on. I remember doing it with Malaya, helping her hold her hand, helping her rip it off and stuff. And she's looking like, it's okay to do <laughs> And the okay? sad thing, it's going to be right? it's gonna be like another five years before they start to learn to like inspect the gift, mm -hmm. make guesses. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So it's funny how that goes. Yeah, that's right on. That's right on. Um, I had a pretty good one. And the big gift for the house has been video games. So it's been a lot of game playing, a lot of staying up too late and waking up earlier than I would like. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's Struggle's how it goes. Real. Struggle's real. Struggle's real. So it was funny. We were kind of talking around Wakanda forever. You were asking me my, my thoughts on it. I was listening to that that tangent episode the other day <laughs> i was like that's right we got to talk about wakanda forever because i listened to the the quarterbacking podcast uh -huh. and the whole discussion you had with wayne and keith uh -huh. I was like, okay interesting interesting <laughs> thoughts interesting thoughts I mean, there's a lot to agree with a lot okay. to agree with okay okay so let's, uh, let's let's uh, let's get into this all right let's do this okay so I will reiterate pretty much what I said on the other podcast about this being hard to do with a movie where his namesake is no longer around. You know, Ryan Coogler, the director and writer, kind of had a treatment already that he um, that he kind of had ready, was ready to go. Come to find have, out, have you have you read up on that treatment? Because I came across some articles talking about what the direction was going to be. Yes, I I did and. I just kind of figure uh, sometimes stuff sounds a little more out there before it gets kind of shaved down. Mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll say that. I, I um, and the only reason why I think that way is just because as an artist, I've I've had ugly sketches that turned out <laughs> to be beautiful work. And unless you can see the long game in your head, you're right. you're cleaning it up. You're showing somebody, but they're looking like, what is this? And only the person or another creative who sees the long game, like, okay, of course this part won't be in there. Of course, this is just exaggeration to understand the gesture. So when I hear stuff like that, it's kind of like, as scary or crazy as it might sound, I have to think of the other 
you know, his past work and other work. And I'm like, now he knows better than that. Like, it, it couldn't be that. Even if it started <laughs> off as that, it wouldn't end up like that. The real thing that I, I got from the article that I was reading was that the big thing that Kugler was going to have T'Challa wrestling with mm-hmm. was that he got snapped. Yeah. So he missed five years. Mm-hmm. And so that was going to be sort of the focus of what T'Challa's arc was, was catching up mm-hmm. with all the things that had happened and all that sort of fallout and stuff. Right. Um, I hadn't heard anything else about like villains or any other, any other things that were going to be in the mix, mm-hmm. what he was thinking, what Disney was telling him, but it's, it's a fascinating starting point considering we'll just go straight to the end. The end <laughs> of this movie. Because <laughs> we don't do things in order. Why the fuck would we do things in order? Habitual lines. Let's Stafford. just jump to the end credits. Okay. We'll get to the meat and potatoes. Get to the meat and potatoes. <laughs> the end credits mm-hmm. has Suri, after everything's gone down, going to Nakia in Haiti mm-hmm. and she's finally going to have her mourning ceremony to mourn T'Challa's love. She's going to burn her her mourning robes. Mm-hmm. And Nakia brings out this little kid and it's revealed that she is T'Challa's son that they might not have been married but she had his kid. Mm-hmm. And with the age of the kid I'm like so this that kid's pre-snap then because mm-hmm. T'Challa wasn't around for very long before he got his mysterious illness and dies at the beginning mm-hmm. of uh, Wakanda Forever Right. so as much as what they do with that scene which is they name him the next T'Challa right? T'Challa the second I think the seed of that scene is back in Brian Coogler's original treatment yes it is yes it is um there was an interview with Nate Moore, which is one of the producers. He produces along with Kevin Feige. And they asked, like, was that him having a son, was it to appease the you know people that was complaining and didn't want, you know, he, they wanted uh, T'Challa uh, recast. And he was like, no, that was in the original story that he was going to have a son. So that was always going to be a plan of it. Um, and with, um, and was, like you said, it's going to be dealing with his grief and and feeling of loss because he lost so much time. He lost time with his right. his son that he found out he has and his family, what that meant to everybody. Even though I thought it was an interesting premise, I was thinking like, I don't hear a superhero movie in this. That was my only concern, but I knew he would mm. work it out some kind of way. But it, right. uh, coming of age or grief of, of a father, wishing he had more time, you know, a conversation about right. time. And, it's the theme. Yes. It's not the plot. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So even though I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. But it wasn't. That's how I knew it wasn't further along because it wasn't it wasn't a superhero movie. But I understand where it was coming from. So, yeah. But well, yeah. it's nice to know my theory was correct. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Um, but I thought it was kind of wonky not to, for that not to be the knowledge of people going in, to leave it in like that. I it made me feel a ways because I felt better once I kind of understood where it came from. But right. watching the first time in the theater, I'm like, mm, I don't think that's a good look. 
right? Uh, because it, it could be, it like, mean so it many could be other things. read as like, we're placating you. It's fan service. We're going to have a T'Challa. We'll have just. Or, or he left his son behind, you know, outside the gates of protection. Or why would his son, why would he not have his, you know, his family and his, his lineage and all that kind of stuff is important. So why'd he be outside of that? So all that even, yeah, just, yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting because there's like, they, they really want to keep Nakia and T'Challa Jr. outside of Wakanda. So no one knows about it. The, the, the writers do, right? So it's a nice (laughs) surprise. The writers do. Good but point. it's also uh, like yes. yeah. it's also like why just like can't you have like some small village town in Wakanda and she just right there with the kids. and they're and they're protected they're protected like, the idea of not having him yeah the the idea of not having him in the palace and in the palace drama okay valid yeah but to take him outside of Wakanda eh, but and then also what kind of drama do they kind of have they don't really. They, I don't know. It don't seem like it'd be. A, I don't know. And also, I I've also heard that uh, Nakia was supposed to be married to a man from there, and then T'Challa was gonna find out he had a son. Because so I think it was gonna be a thing where he thinks that you know, her and her husband have this kid, and then he finds right, out that the kid really is really his. his. So she was gonna be in a relationship, which would actually free him up for Storm later on, if that would have been a thing they chose to do. Right. So that would have gotten Nakia out of the way. So people who want, you know, Black Panther and or T'Challa and Storm together could have that as a thing. Even though I thought it was cool, that was kind of a stunt thing for the comics, and that wouldn't necessarily mean it's a good enough idea to really do in the movies as well. Right. Right. <laughs> you don't have to translate every every single thing. Right. Because everything that happens uh, in the comics it don't mean it's a good thing. It's almost like a soap opera. They have a whole bunch of misses, and there's a couple of hits that happens in there, but it moves so fast that you, you're kind of not, you kind of forget about the, the misses, you know, because it's always right. going for the next swing, and you just and, excited and, uh, when they do hit. And I was doing some googling today, and like he does in the comics have a son, like, like that happened, uh, 2010, one of the the Black Panther runs, like he has a son, so it's not. It's not an entirely new invention, though that's not right. necessarily something that should stop people when right, right, writing right. movie adaptions. So the other interesting thing with T'Challa Jr. is his other name. Tassan. Tassan. So did, have you picked up what that reference is? Yeah, to the actual person. Um, he was a uh, letter rebellion, right? that right yes Toussaint L'Ouverture I cannot do French names but that was uh, I caught it somewhere and like I mean Brian Coogler just dropping these subtle things that just is gonna go over most people's heads Mm -hmm. but it's like placing Nakia and his son in Haiti Mm -hmm. like the one black sort of nation that rose up and had a successful rebellion mm-hmm. and choosing essentially he so the actual historical figure he was the general and he got the rebellion basically like 90 percent there mm-hmm. and i was just reading his article today and then he got captured in prison in france and then his like second in command stepped up and finished the, the ball game but just the fact that he's making 
these sort of references and the way the way they even show haiti yeah because like haiti does not get a lot of good airplay in the united states no like it's only when oh they had another horrible earthquake it's mm -hmm. chaos oh political instability most of, a lot of which we cause from time to time <laughs> like uh -huh. to show just like with just the way that they showed wakanda as sort of this untouched air like culture of excellence and mm -hmm. like brightness and vitality it's like they didn't go and show haiti is the grungy oh no they're having another Earth problem again it's like this is a nice place that Nakia is investing in and mm -hmm. Wakanda because it's one of the Wakanda learning centers are investing in. Right. It's just another one of those subtle things where it's like, I wouldn't have got it unless like I saw something that was like, by the way, <laughs> like there's all these other things going on with having that be the place out of Wakanda and having yeah. that be the, the cover name. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah, perception is very powerful, and it's neat how speaking to Ryan Coogler and his his writing and his stories and stuff, like that. That's almost the thing that kind of played into Wakanda being left left alone for so long, to the point where when they had an opportunity to share technology and different things with the world, the world was like, "What do you have to offer? You have nothing." You know, they think you're living in mud huts and stuff. You know, right. and. The funny thing is, is that the world knows better than that. The government knows better than that, but they sell that to the people. You know, it's almost like, like me growing up, if all I had to see from Africa was, you know, the kids, you know, on the dirt with the flies in their face. And if you send 25 cents a day so they can have some rice to eat, you wouldn't even think they had buildings or running water. It's like, well, I would put that down to the media as opposed no, to yeah, the yeah. government. Media is the ones really doing a disservice of just like, oh, we're going to put this ad on for like, oh, give money to starving kids in Africa. And yeah. it's like the most squalid conditions. Then any other time it's covered in the news, like, well, what images are we going to show? We're going to show their capitals, which are actually like right. fully developed metropolitan centers. No. Right. We're going to show the Sahara. Right, right. So the reason why I say the reason why I say the government is because it's things like um, it's almost like that joke that was I think it was it's a key and pill. It's either key key and pill or it was um, Chappelle, but it was like this country and saying, "Hey, we want you to invest in you know, it you know I think it was like Africa or something like that. We want you to invest here." And it was like, "Oh no, we don't have any more resources. We can't help you." And blah blah blah. And here's somebody in the background. We got oil. We got oil. <laughs> and you see the you see the jets fly in to help and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> It's almost like, you know, the U.S. got to make you be less so they can seem like, you know, they're the savior. And so it, right. it's all it's all tied in. It's all tied in together. And that's a perfect theme for what's going on in this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Transitions. Because like straight up, the, the movie starts with the, the queen mother basically going to something along the lines of the UN ba basically being like, hey, yeah, we're not going to give you our stuff because we don't trust you. And it's cross cut with, <laughs> I'm pretty sure a French like black ops team trying to break into <laughs> one of these Wakanda centers and steal their tech. Right. And then they're, and it turns out that is a 
not happening at the same time. It is a flashback because they captured all those assholes and then they march them in. It's like, this is why we don't fucking trust you. We're not giving you all our shit, which right. is funny because that's it's not a retcon, but it's reversing the end of Black Panther where he's like, I'm we're going to share vibranium technology and and we're going to set up these learning centers. And it's basically like, yeah, we'll do the learning centers, but we're not giving you our tech. Because, right. like, it's hella crazy dangerous. And right. we don't fucking trust you people. Right. That's up the tension then of, like, well, can get it somewhere else or yeah. we can destabilize you. Like, oh, God, I can't I forget what her name is. The head of the CIA, basically. She's like, I'd love to destabilize them. And be like, yep, there it is. There it is. Naked What's, and open. I think she goes by Valentina or something. Something Valentina. Yeah. But yeah, so I thought it was interesting too because cause even though, like you said, it's kind of a retcon, it's also like I don't think that all the Wakandas was down with, with T'Challa doing that in the first place. I think he right. was doing that because Nakia was kind of pushing him to do it. If that's something they wanted done, they would have did a long time ago. I think they were just going to go with it if T'Challa was going to push it, but I don't think everybody would thought that was a good idea anyway because they kind of know how that goes. Or, you know, um, it's, gonna, it's almost kind of like um, it almost reminded me of somebody like a. A dad or, or father owning a business and a kid just you know he can't wait to to run it and it's some it's some hard truths that the dad is telling the son and the son just like i'm gonna modernize this i'm gonna, like they, they think they know more but they don't know they don't know what they're dealing with right right and so using those situations it's a happy middle where the ambitious child got all these ideas they want to do it kind of falls short and it falls short because of the reasons why the father, the father isn't just, you know, negative or just small minded. He has wisdom and time to kind of prove how certain things may work. Maybe you need the, the modern website to help advertise, but you probably still need to order the same way because this season, more people come in. There might be some wisdom in there. It might be a combination of two. And I think that he'd have been like, I'm in charge now. This is how I feel I want to do it. And it would have been a problem anyway. Because, you know, everybody named Mama would have, you know, Wakanda tech and vibranium and would have been going buck wild all over the world. That was just a bad idea. Like, we don't do good yeah. with bullets. <laughs> <laughs> well, and considering the plot of Black Panther was, I'm going to go, I, Killmonger, I'm just going to go and weaponize a whole bunch of our tech and give it out to impoverished people. And, oh, that'll go well. <sighs> So speaking of vibranium, <laughs> oh. speaking of vibranium, uh -huh. there's two interesting, because this sets up the whole fucking plot, which is, it turns out there's another hidden culture that has tons of vibranium. Yeah. And, and that is uh, Namor's Mayan culture that went, went under the water. They ingested vibranium back in the day. Da, mm -hmm. da, da. So they, they're... They're not Atlanteans, because Atlantis is boring at this point. But and DC got, got to it first. <laughs> no, because they've both been using Atlantis in the in the comics. It's just like I, I saw a thing, and they were like, hey, "Atlantis is kind of boring. Let's do Mayan stuff." Like that was that was Ryan Coogler again. Mm -hmm. That that was him being like, "This is more interesting." Um. So and and <clears throat> actual nerd thing that I spotted. In, in the movie so at, at some point the wakandans figure out where Polo Khan, their their underground 
Mayan city, which was fantabulous. That whole sequence yeah. where he's given her the tour, given Suri the tour, is like, oh shit, this is fucking dope. Um, but when Nakia found out where it was, and for a split second you saw the location on the map, mm -hmm. it's the Yucatan Peninsula, which makes sense for the Mayan culture was definitely uh, in that area. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing that blows the Wakandans' mind is that there was another meteorite with right. vibranium, right? And it's like, right. oh, it wasn't just us? Mm -hmm. Here's the thing, though. Thank you, Discovery Channel, as I've watched <laughs> you for fucking decades. The asteroid that killed the dinosaurs crash-landed in that location. What? <laughs> yes. It, I, I, I'm gonna. I. That's I crazy. can't even say it. it the Chikuxulub crater, which is on the north shore of the Yucatan Peninsula, right in the right in the center, right where they showed it on the map. That is, that is the current dominant theory of where the asteroid hit. That's that crazy. Killed the dinosaurs. So it had vibranium. So <laughs> that's funny. That's so tight. it's not so it happened before presumably the asteroid that was in Wakanda. Mm. But it, it's just this weird thing where it's like ah, who was it on the writing team? I was like we should put it there. <laughs> Cuz it could have been anywhere along the that's coast true. that the Mayans touched. Right, right. But they put it there and I was like that's 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 some true nerd shit right there. What did you think of them having the same kind of origin in a way, as far as the asteroids and because even though I think it was a good take and I thought it was good for a story and to show how they're connecting things like that for the long game, I don't know how I feel about it about them kind of sharing that. <laughs> um, why? Because I remember when you guys were talking about it on the other podcast, it was. Damn, these fucking Talokans are hell above. They're hella strong. Like, okay, yeah, they're blue and stuff when they come out of the water because oxygen deprivation. But yeah, they're exactly. like fucking. Each one of them is hella fucking strong. So, what? That's one thing. But the vibranium not being unique is, I think, the thing that you're getting at at the moment. Yeah, like I said, I thought really they're both using the same thing in the same way in a way. But for one group, they use it down a lineage of protectors. And then for the Talacans, they just kind of they all use it. They all they're all souped up, which isn't a problem because really, if thinking about it, really, they could just been from a they could made it from a different planet. They could be from anything had those powers. It's just a reason for them to have them, like Atlanteans, and just had the souped up powers. And since they're in the water all the time, when they're on the land, they're even stronger. Whatever, it could be any reason. So I guess it doesn't matter. They could have just made those pe those people just powerful in general. But I thought it was just interesting if they all pretty much just drank the Kool Aid, then the Wakandas could have did that too. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't. Know. I think I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But. <laughs> It's just interesting how the way the movie was done, it just seemed very quickly that, and I won't, it's, it's not going to sound right, but this is just for an example, but not 
not the situation. But the person that you took as being the bully that you're kind of fearing and concerned about that kind of ran things and you just like, don't mess with them. Now there's an even bigger bully. <laughs> and, so, it's, and, it's, and it dwarfs that bully to the point where, so it's just like, huh? This is the power creep problem. There's the power creep problem and then there's the wharf effect, which we're, we're gonna get into that. But this is the difficulty of, they had to make this unknown group mm -hmm. be a legit fucking threat to Wakanda. And, and they were. <laughs> and they were, and they were, they were. And there's small things that they could have done that maybe would have made it less like, I think part of what might have been upsetting with it is that it kind of like made the Wakandans look less cool and a little incompetent. Competent, exactly. This slipping through the water tribes defenses, like through the river. Even when they said they were coming. Like, yeah. So first, for the power creep, like, first for at least, like, why did it have to be vibranium? It's because they wanted a resource that is mm -hmm. tied to Wakanda right. that could also be exploited and it would be, it, it's the oil in, in the <laughs> desert routine. Right. And instead of coming up with some other random wackadoodle magic unattainium, like, we already <laughs> got vibranium. Right, right. And it gives people superpower. Boom, there you go. And it makes it so that the obfuscation of Wakanda is like, no, you can't go poking around under the ocean for other vibranium mm -hmm. is like a believable excuse for the CIA and other countries when really they're protecting at the end of the movie Tolokan. So that's why they chose it, but it has those other knock-on effects of like, well, if, if, if they're all vibraniumed up and affecting their biology, and either that's because they're still taking it or it literally just affected the first people that took it and now it's genetic. Right, right. Eh. But it's still like, but that's but it, our cool thing. But that's how Namor got it because his mom took it and that's how he got right. it. Right. And he was in vitro. Uh -huh. Like he, he was in the womb so it right. extra affected him. Right, it mutated what him. He's the first mutant. I like He's the first mutant. Uh, until Apocalypse shows up. Um, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's another decade down the road. Right, right. But the thing with making them a viable threat, and this, is, this is such a difficult thing now with the scope and scale of threats, is that it always has to be either the whole planet mm -hmm. or our whole country, our biggest city is like man then that means whatever the threat is has to be fucking crazy and we have to sell it really fast and now we get to the wharf effect so i don't know how much next generation you watch but every time wharf the head <laughs> early security right, of right. klingon would jump down him. try and shoot it shooting wouldn't work and then they would just backhand him and he knock him and to the control like, panel oh, oh, oh. right he they, they punched our strongest guy. They right. must be stronger. And that's it. Right. That's the Worf effect. And unfortunately, right. the Worf effect is when you do that over and over and over and over again to Worf. And it kind of becomes a joke of like, well, Worf's not that badass. And it's like, well, no, these other threats are so much badass. And yeah. I think it's also, I, I picked up a hint <laughs> with your guys' podcast. You really didn't like it when... <laughs> namor showed up in the city and just 
clocked M'Baku and like broke his arm. And it's like, oh, honestly, when he broke, punched him so hard, he broke M'Baku's armor. I was like, oh, fuck, is he dead? <laughs> like, because right. we probably should have killed him. Right, right. But it sucks that you have to go and, well, M'Baku's really the only other right. male character in the Wakandan hierarchy that we're. And that's we a problem know too. That we've been introduced to. That's right. a problem. No, that's a problem too. But yeah, it wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a problem if T'Challa was still around. Yeah. But in his absence, like right. oh shit, we set up anyone else. Yeah. So and he's set up as really big and strong and a good fighter. So uh, we need to show how strong Namor is. Yeah. Uh, who's he gonna punch? Ah, uh, fuck. He's gonna punch Mbaku. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. As I, ironically, that whole scene where they are attacking their capital city, mm -hmm. they're essentially doing the same thing to the city and Wakanda itself as they're doing to Mbaku. They are yeah. showing how strong Namor is in attacking Mbaku, and they're showing how dangerous they are to Wakanda and gut punching Wakanda. And that's fair. And to be honest, I didn't really have a problem with that part. Only my issue was the lack of men in there anyway like that when there should be other options there to spread it out because sometimes you can make something wear thin faster than it needs to because of lack of diversity so you yeah. keep punching that same spot it's going to wear out versus you have a little bit more time on something because you're using various things instead of just one yeah because um, we're going to put a pin on that of which characters they did introduce into the movie <laughs> so i i think a thing they could have done to make the incompetence a little less incompetence and also not being like, oh, they're going to destroy the major city is just expand the scope of Wakanda because the impression is they only show the capital. Mm -hmm. They show Mbaku's, was it the mountain tribe location? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we get like from the first movie there's like clearly the borderland tribe yeah. but we don't get to see other towns other cities if they had come up and attacked a town a city right that would have been different than right. they could have come back in a bigger force and attacked the capital uh... That was another issue of mine too. We didn't really see Wakanda. We saw more Talakan. Wakanda have a whole water tribe. Like what was their battle against them? And, and the thing about it is, okay, they ran through there, right? More times than they should have. Especially when you have, you know, a whole tribe dedicated to the water and the border. You have technology for shields and stuff. And I'm sure the shields don't just stop at the water. It's very interesting how in the first Black Panther movie, there was no force field gate that opened up they matched the coordinates and flew through it foosh 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 and they're in it's a hologram it's not a shield and, and it's in that's not a shield protecting the whole thing no it's just a hologram there's the shield in uh that's a, end game yeah infinity war infinity yeah. war the shield is different from the hologram so that's not the same thing that's protecting that that's around the border no the so they is just around the border so they have no protection. Limited. Obviously, if you went because <laughs> they only had the sh the shield over the capital city. 
they didn't have the shield over Wakanda because presumably Wakanda is a country. Yeah. Like, and that. And the whole underground, you see what it's all built up. With, so I'm assuming they wouldn't have a problem with a resource of energy. Okay, then then me thinking that hologram was. Hmm. It functions entirely differently. So if you look at the hologram. I know one is like you go through, another one opens up like a door because they were letting Thanos' dogs, or whatever, you know, they had to open it up to let them through to, so they could kind of funnel them in so they could fight them. So I saw it open it up like that. That's not how they came in with T'Challa in the first one. Because when they opened it up, I'm like, why are they opening it up for when they didn't do that one for T'Challa? When he was with Queen Mother and Is she was flying. Exactly. That's why I was. The first one, they f they just flew through it. Nothing no, was opened. No, yeah, it wasn't open. I took it as that they had a thing to penetrate their own. You, you know how you could have like the um the force field in, in Star Wars and Star Trek where you just fly through things. Where you could just yeah. fly through. If you had the coordinates, you could fly through. If not, you you repelled or burned up or whatever. So I assumed it was that because of the layers. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't think a hologram would be layers that you're going through. It would just be. So I, I took it as the way they get to the shield. And I thought that for the movie, they had to open it up to let Thanos' dogs come in so they could funnel them in. But that's the first time I saw them do that, where it opened up like that. And so when this, okay, so the first movie, when they flew, they flew through it, right? And we're saying we're home. Yeah, they just flew right through so, it. They didn't open right. anything up. So when they did this time and the Queen Mother was in a ship with them and they was flying through, it opened up and I'm thinking like, since when does it open up? Because the last time I saw it open up was on the uh, Avengers and, and, movie. And, and the thing is, is that the, let's call it the border hologram shield, whatever we think it might be. Okay. It has a hexagon pattern to it. So all the different panels on it, they're like hexagons, right? And so yeah. in this time, I vaguely recall they did turn off one of the hexagons and they flew through that. That was the opening. Right. I thought on this one, it just opened up. And this is before the whole thing with Namor. That's the whole thing with like the thing with Namor showing up. As soon as I saw it open up like that, I'm like, okay. Cause like before, like I said, before they would just fly through it. So when I saw it open up, I'm like, okay. So you just let me know that it opens like that. So it, something could come through it anyway. So why would they have the shield up all the time? Cause they didn't even have the shield up in Infinity War. They had to turn it on. Because it's not on. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Re regardless, if Namor came in there once, wouldn't you put the shields up, though? Regardless. Well, yes. And also, he came in through the water. He's probably going to come in through the water again. And I'm assuming that I wouldn't assume that the shield would just be at water level to me. See that? Yeah. And but, this, but is... this is this is a movie and whatever. You're having my reaction to goofy Star Wars tech. And it's I'm like, just... well, if they have this, why why not okay. this? If they got this, yeah. then why not that? What it boils... is valid. So what it boils down to, and, and back to what we were saying before that I have an issue with, it's not that the Telecans came in there and they're powerful and stuff. That's fine, right? It's just the fact that, like you said, it, it, it made, to me, made the Wakandans look inept. And it's kind of like, okay, you know, they flood the city or whatnot. It seemed like they would have different kind of technology. And even if it was just to protect them from something else, it'd be some kind of shields or something that blocks off the blocks off the, the city or something. It seemed like it, right. it, you know, like they would have some stuff built in. I, I, I wouldn't think that they would just it's automatically- hand wavy. I, I think they would have more stuff going on to be that technology rich. 
Right. You know, even with our homes now, we might have like a device that could turn on our lights and stuff for us, right? It's just all this automated stuff that we don't even have to flip a switch anymore if we don't want to, to make a light come on or the TV to come on or, or whatever, or the door to lock or whatever. So I just think it's interesting that they don't, for them being a society making up stuff like that, like sneakers that, you know, like Papa used to watch in the movies where they close up by themselves that it would be some contingency stuff all throughout the city to protect them. Say they did get invaded by anybody, by, by other Wakandas or whatever. It seemed like it would be more than just, I don't know. They didn't, I, I, they didn't seem as confident as we would expect it, them to. It was just really rough for me to see a highly technological place that the world wants what they have to be defeated by water folks with water balloons that explodes. It bothered me. Now, well, they didn't so, do a good job of explaining Holocon's tech, but... It didn't seem that advanced the, to me, but it could have been... If they had shown what the tech was, that would have helped. And I think... But they wasn't they using it. They wasn't... How, yeah, they just said, like, oh, the water's rising. So, and then like we've said, got water bombs. But there was no actual, like, how are they raising the water? How this? How that? And I think the, the tricky thing here is, like, they again, they wanted the... Halocons to be so so much of a threat but then they had to like oh but the Wakandans like if we make them really competent we have to show how they're breaking through what would be all these competent security precautions and, and everything else and I would and, need and, that for and me they just I, hand I, wave it so becomes unearned I would want that it's almost kind of like basic homes wouldn't have a panic room but the more money you have, more to do, more technology, right. you would have a panic room. Not that you have to have one, but not everybody would have one. And so there are certain kind of things that you would have just because of what you your means and everything else. And it, for it to be a, a, you know, a setup for them to have, it was just interesting that they had paper walls. Yeah. And I understand that they have to have a foe that's bigger than them and all that, I understand that. But, but it makes them look incompetent. It yeah. didn't. It didn't feel like a chess match to me. And I've seen oh. stuff like Andor. Andor is a good example of there's this back and forth thing. It's not just nobody just running through somebody. Like rebellions are not running through the empire, and the empire sure not running through the the rebellion. There's this chess thing going on. But just to see them just get ran through, and I understand maybe because of timing and all this other kind of stuff. But it just looks to me, it looks bad. Um, and I don't know. No, that's really valid. So I'm, I'm reminded of this whole thing. We're going to talk about D and D for a second. So, <laughs> so when you're running D and D, you get all these moments of like, okay, your character tries to hit the bad guy, roll the dice, and like all that comes out of the dice is like you hit or you miss. Right. And that's a very boring thing. And that is essentially what happened. What we're talking about here is that. The writers needed the Talakan to hit Wakanda. Right. And so they just showed up and they hand waved. Now what they could have done instead, and, and it makes it makes the Wakandans look incompetent, right? But what you can do when you're narrating these scenes or writing these scenes or running a DD campaign is you as a character who are really good and awesome and badass, when you miss on someone. I can narrate that as, as you're bringing your sword into attack, you're actually bringing it into a feint that takes his sword out of place. 
and you're going in for the strike and he just reads it in times and sidesteps. So you still look badass and competent as you're doing this thing, mm -hmm. but ah, he just barely gets out of the way because he's also really competent. So now it's not, oh, you, you swung and you missed. Right? right it's this is this play counterplay and it can work the other way where the bad guy is battling through your expert defenses and what you didn't see is that his little minion little literally like got on his knees behind you and tripped you over right it's this whole thing of not undermining competence but it requires the time to show it and the cleverness in writing to set up those chess pieces, right. right? To like, all right, what's this obstacle? How is it circumvented in an interesting way? And I think even the wider view is if they do more technological world building with what Wakanda has and what its defenses are and what they aren't and this and that, that all then becomes canon in the setting and the next time they have to do something with Wakanda those are more pieces that are on the table right? and those either become things where it's like well this blocks the next thing we want to do or it automatically solves we introduce this weird piece of tech and it solves the next problem that we hadn't even thought of yet so we can't even use that problem so I get it but also yeah it kind of it kind of made the the Wakanda's like, what the fuck were you guys doing? Exactly. Like, I get yeah. that. I get that for like hundreds of years. You're like, yeah, we're just a backwater country. We don't have anything. Don't pay attention to us. And maybe they leaned on that too much, which would have been an interesting thing if they called it out. Right. Right. Because then it would have been like, oh, our border defenses are so fucking good. We didn't expect anyone to come up the river like. Because they've got weird tech that bypassed our minimal security, and then they punched us in the face in our capital city. That's different than oh shit, they're just here. They're, right. They're breaking everything. Yeah. Leave writing. Like when you saw the rhinos with the tech on them. I'm assuming they got some kind of fishing well on with the water tribe that has tech on them too. Who know? You know, right. or they got they got underwater suits or something. Like I said, it's, so it's just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been interesting to see what new world building they might have squeezed in if the plot wasn't what it was and it would have been nice to see it since it's called wakanda forever so what i right. thought was going to be a deep dive into wakanda to get more about it because i kind of seen the same stuff i saw in the first one and that wasn't touched on a lot and so yeah, they didn't really expand no they didn't it's pretty much the and same, as, same as... the same town the same um you know like the the food courts and stuff in the in the market area right. and stuff like that and the palace and matter of fact, I saw less of the border this time. Didn't see the border at all. At all. So, yeah. I, I think the time we take to understand Talokan, like, I don't think you could have had the sort of recognition of, oh, they're a different flavor of us mm -hmm. and they're valid and we shouldn't just go in and destroy them because that would just be destroyed another version of ourselves mm -hmm. you can't have that buy-in from the audience unless you take the time to show that but they spent a lot of time on other shit i know there's there and so that let's get to that <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 
This is Jay, and I hope you're enjoying the conversation so far. I just want to let you know that this conversation is part of a larger conversation that continues on the next episode. Thanks for listening.